Howdy, yo! Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I'm Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here, boys and girls. I have got one of my favorite people on the show today. Eddie Resendez is here. The great Eddie Resendez. Eddie is a film and television director. One of the most brilliant ones I know, too. He knows the craft, man. He knows it inside and out. And this is really a fun chat for me because I love to talk to my contemporaries on here. I love to talk to the people who are doing the same stuff that I do. And Eddie is doing that in a real way. He's pushing the envelope. He's learning. He's pushing it to new heights. And his stuff is amazing. And it's inspiring to see. And we got to have a little nerd out chat about film production and directing, talking about talent, talking about actors, talking about camera moves, talking about camera tricks. It was a great chat. And I love the young man. He's, he's everything that you want in somebody that you see coming up behind you. Who's maybe a little younger, the next generation. You love to see people pushing it the way that Eddie is. And I thought we had a great chat. It's you know, over an hour long and it felt like nothing, man. It felt like it just happened in the snap of a finger. So, uh, if you guys want to be a part of the uh, Patreon community, go do that. Patreon.com slash South of Scruffy. We appreciate them a lot. There's, they're all over the country and they're killing it, man. They're a little community of people that are really helping us do the thing. We appreciate them a lot. So if you're a patron, thank you. I hope everybody had fun at big ears. Shake the fog off. Now that your brain's a little bigger, your ears are bigger, have a good listen to my chat here with my dear friend, Eddie Resendez. We're doing the podcast. Is it, is it weird? It, it just, I don't know. I feel official now. You know. do? I feel like I'm an, an actual, like, I don't know. Like, it's not last time I, I, I was not in an actual podcast, but the sounds feels just holder level. I don't know. It's really? Weird. Yeah. It, it. I like it, you know? Dude, I think the last time, the last time I saw you was here. <laughs> think, Probably, yes, think? yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so too. I think, uh, I think the last time that you that that I saw you, you came over for the podcast, and it was right at the beginning of COVID, and uh, I, I I still remember Sarah, my wife, tried to shake your hand in the in the driveway, and it was like it was weird. It like, was weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I felt pretty awkward because I was like, should I? Like, everyone's telling me not to, but I, I feel bad not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you've you've been up to uh you've been up to a lot since then, right? Yeah. I I mean, you know, I got married, I bought a house, uh have three kids but now. I'm just no, kidding. You, don't. you got a Tesla though. I, yeah, that's that's my baby right now. Yeah. <laughs> You pulled up in the driveway. I didn't even hear you coming up, man. <laughs> you came up. I couldn't hear you. Yeah. I might have to sell it in like three months, but you know, uh, <laughs> at least I can say I bought a Tesla. So sell it to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, you, uh, I saw something that you did the other day that was amazing. And I was pretty sure that you used LED walls behind it for your, uh, for the spot that you did. 
and use talent in front of the LED walls, kind of like the Mandalorian did. Mm -hmm. The Mandalorian used real actors in front of the camera, but they had these LED walls that created the whole world behind it. And I was certain that that's how you did that spot that you did, but was that not no, how you I did mean, it? I wish, you know, but we're poor in this part of, <laughs> no, you know, of town. But no, yeah, we, uh, we use green screen um, because, yeah, there, we don't have access to an LED wall. I mean, there is a few in Nashville. Um, Nashville? Yeah. 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 Uh, honestly, a, a lot now. I think there's like four or five now. So they're they're doing that kind of stuff in Nashville now where they're yeah. filming the actors in front of green screen and then they're doing the LED wall world and they're building that on a computer, right, yep. behind the actors and having them interact in a world that is really just... Yeah, so we basically... I created the world inside of uh, Unreal Engine. Is that a game it's engine? It's a game engine, yeah, yeah. Okay, so is... you pretty much made a video game background for yeah. the commercial that you were I shooting. I could literally like, just like click play and have a character like, you know, walk around and like first shooter type of thing. Like, really? Yeah, it's, 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 I've, I've never like gone into like the, the video game, video game aspect of it, but it's, I mean, it's, it's not that complicated to really? like, do it once you build a whole world and like a little bit of coding there. Like, I mean, just look up a tutorial and like you can have a first person shooter type of game. Well, dude, you're the, the spot that I saw that you just shot, it was a, it was like a Western shootout mm -hmm. type deal. And you had two actors walk in and they, you know, pulled their guns and shot each other. But was that the only part that was actually real? Yeah. As far as the capture was concerned. And then everything else behind them, everything, all the ground yeah. the behind them was all, was all created in uh, a game engine. Correct. And, yeah. So, dude, that's nuts, man. It's very crazy. That, it, it completely changes the world that you and I work in. Yeah. Which is all about putting actors in a, uh, in a space, in a uh, location that is right for what they're doing. But now you're able to create the whole background. Yeah. I mean, in like, not even like just, you know, actors on, on like big commercials. I like even just interviews, like you can have the freedom to put your subject on an LED wall if you have one or just, I mean, green screen, even though I would, I would not recommend it. But, but, you know, you can create like an office space on Unreal Engine and like, you know, shoot at dusk for, you know, or, uh, uh, golden hour for the entire time of the interview and like you know it's gonna look the same the entire time and right um so there are a lot of like possibilities that you can do with with the real engine so so it's almost like the stuff that we're shooting now and the stuff that we're creating it doesn't even matter that much where we're doing it what time of day we're doing yeah. it because you can create the background behind them correct yeah Dude, that's nuts. How did you how did you figure that out? Because when the last time you were here and the last time we were having this conversation, this was not on the table. Oh no. You know what I mean? Yeah. It this was not a way that we could create stuff. We had to put an actor in front of uh you know, the right background somewhere and we had to shoot it the right way and the lighting had to be, you know, perfect and and all that. But now you can just you can just have the talent doing the thing and then everything behind him is changing. Yeah. And that's crazy that within just two years, the whole game has flipped on its head, but 
the crazy thing about it to me is that you've figured this shit out. <laughs> like you've started to to work in that space. And that's uh that means that, that I mean to me that means that you have stayed on the bleeding edge of technology and all that. Um but why why have you why have you decided to go that route instead of staying within the tried and true way of like oh we got to get this on camera so this needs to be this way because i'm a lazy person that's lazy uh, bullshit <laughs> it, i mean honestly um i mean you know the mandalorian came out and, and they were hyping this up and you know and i, I would say it, it's not gonna be and like uh you know like oh shoot everything on an led wall or shoot everything with unreal like it, it's not gonna you know you still have to shoot stuff uh, that are that is real. Otherwise, mm. it's just like you know, it's not gonna work for everything. But I was uh, in this film competition last year, and I was really busy at the time. And I was like, I don't have time to put a crew a crew together, put a whole like you know, get actors, and I don't, I just don't have time to do a short film. And and I've been wanting to get into Unreal for a while, so I was like, what if I just do my entire short film? inside of unreal and and use you know just digital characters and digital worlds and all that unreal is the platform yeah is the is the the software to create is like the game engine but, yeah so you create a world yeah so i mean i i didn't create it myself like you can buy assets and then put mm. them combine them together i listened to a podcast with beeple do you know who that mm -hmm. is yep yep yeah and he was talking about how he builds all of his art within C4D, mm -hmm. Cinema 4D. And I was really shocked to hear that he didn't necessarily create all of the backgrounds and all of the skins for his characters and all that. But he went out and bought bought them right. or, or like put all of these different assets that other people have created and created a, a, a background or a world within, you know, with him at Cinema 4D you know, a, a, a three-dimensional world. So I, I, I was shocked to hear that you didn't have to create that whole thing. No. It's kind of out there yeah. to where you can you can go and pull assets that other people have created and make a Western. And that's like the beauty of it. You know, it's like you can literally just download a Western world. And then, I mean, you still have to get like, you know, different assets from different places or, mm. or like even from the same place but just from different creators i guess mm. but it's very simple to put them together and then once you put it together it's just like you know they're giving you the tools and then to create and then you can just go in there and like just make whatever you want and then the cool thing about it is like you know cinema 4d it looks great and, and but it takes a long ass time to like render and like to be able to see anything it like takes forever i remember exporting one shot and it was like three seconds, and it was going to take twenty four hours to render. It was a three second shot. Three second shot that you had shot a real person. No, no, no. It was just everything was inside of the computer. It was okay. just like the spaceship thing. So you had created this shot mm -hmm. inside of a computer program, yeah. But it was going to take it an entire day to render, to render and make that entire shot that you had in your head correct happen. Yes. Okay. And then Unreal came out. Unreal. And it was like Unreal. Unreal yeah. Engine. So and. It's fucking unreal because really? you, you, you basically like, you know, everything is on real time. You can just like grab your camera and like point it whatever direction you want. And it's like, there is no, I mean, you still need like somewhat of a powerful computer, but it's like 
not really. And like, you can move your camera around, you can find your shot and then quickly like export a shot in like two minutes. Like it's, it's insane. And like, it doesn't look as good as Cinema 4D, but it's still pretty dang good. Like, you know, like if you're watching on your phone, you cannot tell the difference. I mean, right. like, which know. is where most people take in yes. most you of know. the content they yeah. have. Yeah. And that's one, you know, that's one thing I have accepted now that like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make, I mean, I, I've liked to make content and not content like films for, for, you know, the big screen, but you know, most, I know that most people are going to watch it while they're shitting at home, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I'm okay with that now. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to make, you know, whatever stuff and, and stuff that's passable yeah, to people yeah. that are looking at it on their phone. Yeah. That's a big, like, that's, <clears throat> that's almost a big, uh, hurdle for me as like i always want to get the c stands out of the shot and i always want to make everything look look super perfect for the big screen but at some point you have to realize where people are uptaking your content and the things that you're making and sometimes hell 95 percent of the time that people are taking in your content it's on their cell phone yep. turned sideways in a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. I mean, I used to be so against like 16 by 9. I, I was like, hell no, that's against cinema. But like now I'm like, you, you were know, against 16 by 9, like aspect uh, ratio. I seen like, you know, like oh, TikTok. Nine, like, nine I mean, by, 9 by 16. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, 9, nine by, by 16. 16. So for people who don't know, 9 by 16 is the aspect ratio if you're holding your phone vertically. Yeah. Right. 16 by 9 is the aspect ratio that your television is in, which is on its side. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and nine by 16 is vertical, which is a way different thing that a lot of people don't think about. Uh, it, it's it, technically it's a big deal. Honestly, it's a big deal to create content that's vertical instead of horizontal, because our entire lives we've seen movies that are on a screen that is rectangle uh, that is a rectangle laying on its side. Yeah. And now we're all now we're making content that is framed completely different yep. which I is mean, the which is turned 90 degrees standing up with the long side going up and down and that's way different and people don't think about that mm -hmm. people don't think that that's a big deal but it is because it flips your whole framing uh, uh ideals on its on its head oh, yeah. because no longer are you trying to make this beautiful landscape that is left to right this this amazing landscape now it's upside down or now it's on its on its head and now you're just seeing like almost a sliver of reality yeah. like a tall skinny sliver of reality which is super weird but it's a world that we're in and we have to kind of create and and almost think about the way that we frame shots and the way that we think that composition works based on something completely different than what we've done for the last ever oh yeah and like i said i was like very against it at the, the beginning like when they when you know your client would be like oh we we want a 9 by 16 uh, export of it i'm like oh my god you know you you don't you know the you know the what go, what goes behind it and it exactly. has to be 16 by 9 i'm an it. artist I'm an damn artist. it yeah yeah <laughs> but then like the biggest commercial i ever directed it was only 9 by 16 and like that's when i was realized like you know if I don't change my, you know, if I don't change my exactly. thoughts on like, I'm going to get behind and they're going to hire me anymore because I don't want to shoot nine by 16. Exactly. I might as well embrace it and, you know, get creative with it. And, and yeah. So that, that is, 
I have seen so many directors, photographers, everybody die and go out of the business because they refused to do what was happening now. And now that is creating content for a fucking cell phone, which is crazy. And it's completely against everything that I believe in as far as creating art. But I mean, hell, if you're going to, if you're going to create something that you want people to see, it has to be in the format that people are going to view it in. Yeah, that's what I, you know, that it, TikTok was like, I I didn't have a TikTok until like late last year. And it was mostly because I didn't want to get into another social media that would take my time. You know, Instagram already does that for me. Yeah. Uh, as, as a consumer? As a consumer. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I didn't want to be on my phone more than I was already on it. But... um. I started realizing that like all the companies that were hiring me, like, you know, their stuff was going to TikTok or, you know, Instagram. And it was mostly nine by 16 or one by one. So I was like, might as well, like, you know, see what's out there and like learn what these companies are putting into talk and TikTok. So I can like then focus on like, you know, making content for TikTok as well. And like, I don't get behind because if I get behind, then, you know, I'm not probably not going to be working next month. And <laughs> so uh, I got, uh, I downloaded TikTok and I was like, I, I can still tell, like, you know, I got, we all got into video because we want to tell stories and, sure. uh, you know, and I was like, we can still tell stories nine by 16 and under a minute or a minute and a half or whatever the time limit is like, you know, you can still tell your, the stories you want to tell it's just in a different way a different format mm. but you can still tell them different framing i mean honestly like this unreal thing when i first um started thinking about it i was like it's gonna be nine by 16 like yeah i'm not even gonna shoot like 16 by nine i'm just gonna do nine by 16 that's like the goal um and I ended up like doing 235 one but anyway but it, i my goal was like to shoot something that was strictly nine by 16 that I can share on TikTok. Really? Uh, yeah. So the whole reason you got into creating this uh, or learning to shoot in this, like, I, I don't want to call it fake, but you're creating like these, these, uh, these backgrounds that don't exist. The whole reason you did it was to create, uh, create content that I mean, people could uptake on their cell phone. Not necessarily. It was specifically this project that I was like, mm. you know, it's a Western and a Western usually, works well with like vertical framing uh on some of the shots uh or at least that's what i figure like it works better with vertical framing it it doesn't i mean you know it works well yeah because you can can see the sky and you can and also like with vertical framing if you're framed horizontal you have to kind of build out the stuff on the sides of the frame exactly that but if you're vertical you you can hide a lot of stuff and that oh. was like you know this is when unreal Eddie. actually works uh, the more that you hide the more it works and the more it looks better because once you like you know start showing wides and everything then you, you, i mean i didn't show feet on on these uh on the um on this video I mean, if I did show uh, feet, it was uh, a fake character. It was a 3D character. It was not mm. like a real person. Yeah. Because once you start showing like feet and everything like that, you can tell that it's not. Really? It's not. Yeah. You can tell it's pretty fake. I've always felt that way with um, with, with uh, making stuff in the market that we're in. 
in a market that you know we we have all of the we have all of the uh assets at our fingertips we have the best gaffers we have the best cameramen we have the best cameras we have all this stuff but when you start to widen the camera out that's when it starts to show itself that we're not LA yeah you know what i mean oh yeah when you start to show a wide you can shoot a really pretty tight shot anywhere mm -hmm. within with any camera and it's beautiful but when but when you start to show the whole world that's when it kind of betrays you know that's when know. it kind of that's when you kind of lose your mystique that's when you can tell the difference between like a $5,000 production and a $100,000 production right you know, it's, it's wide like, it's, yeah it's, it's wide it's wide shots yeah yeah so with the 9 by 16 vertical kind of framing yeah. That helps you a lot, mm -hmm. dude. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's I mean, honestly, brilliant. my whole philosophy with with this like BFX Unreal thing is like, the more you can hide, the better. It's brilliant, <laughs> Eddie. It really is. I mean, it, I've I've never even thought about it like that. But if you can, if you can make what resonates with people, which is emotion. And as a director, I've always felt that way. I've always felt like, you know, the, 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 the set dressing is important. The lighting is important. But what is the most important is the emotion that you feel from your actor's face mm -hmm. or whatever's happening in front of you. And when you can kind of get rid of all the other stuff that distracts you from that, then you can really dig into the part that resonates with people, which is... Uh, which is the story or yeah. which is the emotional part of it. And that makes a hell of a lot of sense when you say, you know, when you shoot this stuff vertically, you can kind of hide yeah. everything else. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter before. Like we've created a world already. Like people already kind of know where they are when they're watching this stuff. You know, you can create it with a cutaway. You can, yeah. you can build the world with a cutaway or a, or, or an insert shot of, you know, uh, the, the, the sunset over a town or whatever. But when you see the face, that's when you start to feel the emotion. And that's the important part. Yep. And that makes, a, dude, that makes a ton of sense. I'm, I, I commend you for like understanding that and <laughs> leaning into it. I mean, like if you watch the, the video again, you can tell that I did like one or two whites and everything else is just a tight, medium shot and like not, like I'm not moving the camera because the less I can distract you with like crazy camera moves that are not going to look good, the better. Yeah. <laughs> the better the whole thing uh, as a whole right. piece is going to look. You know? So then how does it become, I guess the, the uh, heavy lift then uh, is laid on the actor at mm -hmm. that point. And it, if you've if you built this world and you've set people that are viewing in this uh, setting, then you then you're ultimately kind of leaning on your talent, your actors, to uh, to do the rest of the lift and yeah. bring the emotion into it. How how has that part been for you? Because the last time you were here, you were making a uh, a little bit of a transition from DPing and and being a director of photography, a cinematographer who is super focused on lighting and framing and and uh, making this stuff look pretty. How has that changed in the last two years since you've been here uh, in into like drawing emotion out of actors and characters into making that the uh, 
the important part of the storytelling or the part that really tells the story because to me that's the hard part oh yeah yeah how is that how has that changed and how is that like that transition for you from being a technician air quotes into almost a an arbiter of uh emotion like how how has that been as far as like getting people to pull that emotion out of them on camera it's you know it's a it's it's a constant thing that I'm I'm trying to figure out. Like there is no right way of like oh it just you know you say you you can every actor is different and that's what I've learned that like there is no one way to work with talent. It's like some actors they just need like a act happy and they know exactly what you need and they just do it and I'm like that's it you know and then there are some actors that are like okay imagine you you know you're 26 you're in your uh, you know you're in this party and like you know you're you're seeing the girl of your dreams right across uh, you know you have to give like a backstory and then they get into character and like oh yeah 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 i you know i i can feel that you know so it like really depends on on the actors um but from my point of view i'm i guess i've got it better as a director by being an editor because then I can know exactly what I need later. Mm. So I'm like, I I only need you to to smile this sort of way because yeah. I know it's gonna cut well be- with this other scene that we got earlier mm. before. So I, I can be a pretty I, I don't know how to describe, it, but a pretty cold director as in like I don't give my actors a lot of like context sometimes really? and I'm just like telling like I need this from you and that's it it's not like really? this unreal thing like you know they would they didn't even know what's going on most of the time I was like you know we're making this and all I need from you is to you know you're you're shooting this other person but you keep missing and you know give me like a frustrating face on, on, on this part and yeah, so so sometimes the direction for an actor in your situation is dart your eyes that way. Yeah. Or look over here. Because I know it's going to work. Like, I know yeah. I'm seeing the edit on my head. And I'm like, I know if you just give me this part, it's going to work. And like, it's you don't have to do thinking. You know, you, I, I don't have to be give you this whole backstory because I know that if you just give me this little thing, it, the edit is going to work. So, like, it depends. I mean, if you're doing like a, you know, like a two minute one or of just like two actors fighting or something like you know then you really have to like you know let the actors do their thing and like give them backstory and give them some context and uh so it really depends on the scene but for what we do like we're commercial directors most of the time you know yeah and you know i mean for commercials you don't really need to give them like a whole backstory on their character so most of the time you're just like Okay, look this way, act this way, mm-hmm. and that and that's it. You know, it, it, not everything has to be super yeah. artistic. It's almost kind of a bummer because because I, I'm sure you got into this business of directing and 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 cinematography because you wanted to tell stories and you maybe even wanted to tell long stories. Did you get into it because of movies? Yeah, you yeah. did. And and so when you get into a commercial world, it's very interesting because it becomes less about a story and more about what kind of emotion you need to emit in a half a second yeah 
you know, and that's and that can be kind of I, I don't know. It, it it can be a little bit disheartening or it can make you feel like you you missed the mark as far as you wanted your career to go. But ultimately, what we're doing is is telling compact stories, stories that take place not in an hour and a half like a film does, but in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so maybe all I need you to do is laugh and look that way. But that I, I think can be just as hard because you don't have an actor that has read a script that's 90 pages long and has gotten into this character. Now you're dealing with somebody who just has a very, a, a very acute part to play in this thing. And to me, it, it can almost be harder than directing somebody who's gotten into character because they don't really yeah they don't really know what the whole thing is all about yeah necessarily i I think for like commercial stuff um i've made a list of like actions to have my actors do while they're either saying something or doing something i i I think uh, what bothers me sometimes on commercial shoots um you know, you have your three different actions, like pointing that way or, you know, smiling and being happy. And, you know, it, it, gets, it gets repetitive. So it's like, how can I make this feel natural? I think that's on the commercial world. That's like, how can I make this feel natural without feeling like too fake? And, yeah. and once you get to that point, it's like, okay, I'm doing my job well. Mm. And like to get there, you know, that's where you've, kind of try to find different ways to make your actors do what you're telling them without feeling too fake. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to put our region on blast or anything like that, but I mean, we're in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we have decent talent and they're good looking and they look great on camera, but it's kind of hard to find camera talent who is able to really stretch their legs and go in this like rangy kind of way and do a lot of different things because they don't do it all the time. Mm -hmm. So like if I've run into it directing commercials before where um, I'll give people too much, I'll give them too much of a backstory. Like here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to get out of you. Um, Here's where you came from. Here's here's what you're trying to get across. When really all you need is that smile, you know, or or that little mm-hmm. moment or whatever to 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 fit that, you know, to fit in that, you know, one second of a commercial spot. But we're also not necessarily again not trying to put anybody on blast. It's it's we're not dealing with the best of the best of you know we don't have yeah. LA talent here Mm -hmm. so there's kind of there's ways that i think um directors kind of have to work in order to get that one second that is not necessarily a way that you would work that work with that talent if you were in a bigger market or doing a bigger movie or things like that i I mean honestly like you know when when you work with talent that has a lot of experience like in acting sometimes you don't even have to do anything just like 
given the line. That's my favorite. And then you just they just do it, do the thing, and you're like, thank you for making me look good. You Don't know? you love when you when you talk to talent before you sh- but right right before you're about to pull the trigger and you tell them what's going on, and they give you that moment. They give you they give you they give you the moment that is perfect, and then you do a second take and it's completely different, and it's also perfect. Yeah. And you're like, man, I'm working with a real actor right now, like yeah. somebody who who knows that they gave me the right thing before the thing that I asked for, they just gave it to me. Now they're giving me what they wanted to give me, and then the next time they're going to give me something a little bit different than that. That's when you know that you're really working with somebody who is on their game yeah and and a real actor and man we just honestly i hate to say it we don't have that much of that around here it's hard to find like i i hire actors out of atlanta and out of nashville all the time because i know that they are going to give me exactly that three different performances on three different takes and it's it's just it's hard to find around here yeah i wish it was better yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I have my regulars, uh, I guess, actors that I work with on like short films in the past that I use for commercials a lot of times mm. because I know what they can give me and like I know their range and like they're they're good actors. But like if I go through like a talent agency, sometimes, you know, we go by the looks and not by you know by their acting well, skills how many times have you uh directed a commercial that was cast from headshots you know oh 90 percent of the time right it's it's cast by what they look like yeah. and oh yeah this person is the right uh the right gender the right uh ethnicity um can they act who the hell knows no. you yeah, know the oh no that they just like got signed with this agency because they needed this type of ethnicity or yeah, this they type needed of a age. six foot tall black guy yeah, and then they just found some guy that they knew from you know exactly. somewhere and yeah so like i'm not blaming them like you know it's Mm-mm. it's it is what it is but and it, we need that too we need that yeah, yeah. like sometimes we don't need them to have like you know range yeah range yeah no. we just need them to look the part yeah which is, you know which is fine and but definitely once you need them to act a certain way, it's like it It falls apart if yeah. they can't do it. Yeah. That's when it really becomes a long day. Yeah. And then they get frustrated and like I can't I mean it's like I cannot ask you to do this thing because I know you I know you didn't sign up for this, but I mean you kinda did, <laughs> but you didn't know you were going to. <laughs> and it's just you try to do the best. But like that's when I think that's when you get better as a director. Like if you can, you know, get a person that is not an actor to give you what you give need. Give you what you need, then yeah. I guess you're doing the job. That has really been honestly the most frustrating part about my job. And also the the uh the part of my job that gives me you know, the, the most gratification is like the, the, the part where you take somebody who may not be the best actor in the world, but you worked with them, you talked to them and you got what you needed out of them for three seconds. That to me is one of the most gratifying things about what, about what we do is, is, is not necessarily taking 
an all-star actor and getting a great performance out of him, but taking somebody who's not, who didn't yeah. sign up for it necessarily. They were, uh, they, they were six feet tall and, and female and, you know, ethnically diverse and they, and you know, that's why they got the job. But then to get a performance out of them is one of the best things. Like I, that's really when I feel like I've earned a mm-hmm. paycheck when I've done yeah. that. Yeah, because that's a hard. That's that's a hard it's part. Hard. It's hard. Yeah, you know, like when uh, and, and like not to say that all you know all talent is like that. Like there are a lot of talent from uh, the agencies around here in East Tennessee that that are great. I mean, yeah, you know, we have a ton of. We it. have a ton. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like you know Frank. Yeah, Harley, yeah. Frank like, Harley's a yeah. bad boy, dude. Like, I was. You I was anything. In- Yes. And he just kills it. Dude, I was at uh I was at Dollywood the other day and I pulled up the Dollywood app uh to ride one of the rides and I and I I, I looked at it on my phone and sure enough there's Frank <laughs> on the on the roller coaster on the Dollywood app. He's doing everything. Oh, had the big eyes, just like <laughs> huh. <I'm, laughs> oh, this is scary. I was like, that's exactly the performance yeah. uh, we wanted. Yeah. Dude, Frank Harley's awesome. Do you know Winston Robinson? Have you worked with that guy? I don't think so, no. Yeah, he's a bad he's boy good. too. There's there's a bunch that Lynn's Edwards. Have you worked yeah, with yeah. him? I mean, I haven't worked, but I know it and I've seen his stuff. And I've been wanting to work with him and, and I have a a project that I want to do and I, I was gonna reach out to him. You should. Yeah. He's the man. Dude, he's... he and I went to school together growing up, like middle school. Oh, really? Yeah, we were we were boys growing up. And he is to me like uh as far as Knoxville is concerned and, and I've shot with lens before and done a bunch of, or a few different commercials with, with him. And, uh, he is the real deal. He's good. We got some real ones around here, dude. Mike Stanley, Mike you know about him? Great. Yep. Have oh, you worked yeah. with him? I, I, I can't remember if I worked with him. I mean, I, I've seen him for, you know, for the past eight yeah. years on film festivals. Like David that. David Dwyer is another yeah, guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah. David Keith is here. I've not, I've not worked with David Keith in a commercial, uh, a setting, but he's another actor that is just real deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but David Dwyer's awesome. I saw him on on uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. I think it was. I saw him on there, and then I think uh, uh, Stanley, Mike Stanley, did some stuff Ozark. with yep. Ozark yep. last year. So we have some like mm-hmm. we have some legit like narrative actors that are here and good, oh, yeah. good, good, good. Travel yeah. all over the world to do their stuff. Yeah. And um, like, you know, like that's what has helped me by doing all this like film festivals. I've gotten to meet a lot of actors that are great, but are not signed with like talent agencies. And some, uh, a lot of times they're, you know, they have their regular nine to five jobs, but they love to act and they're great at it, but they're not like signed with anyone. Mm. So it's like, you know, I, I sometimes just pull them out of nowhere and they're like, oh, you will be great for this. No one, like, no one knows about you, but I'm going to pull you into this commercial mm. and like, <laughs> It's that's what's like once you like start building all the, these relationships and like you know what they can give you and what they cannot give you, mm. then like you like if a commercial comes around and like you need this kind of person, like oh, I know exactly who. So it, it that's what's different. Like you know, if you actually know the person, like it's easier than if you just go to a talent agency and they give you a headshot and they're like, right, we're sending you this person, mm. but you know you don't know anything about them. Do you have like a secret? kind of pool of actors that are really good that you uh that you like to work with not about secret but i I definitely have my pool of actors that you know i i mean like for this like unreal thing i i um 
a uh, call Mike Millen, which is a terrific actor. Like, and he doesn't do much. Like, I don't, I don't think I've seen him much on like commercial stuff. But he is probably one of the best actors around in Knoxville. Really? Yeah, yeah. He he went. He studied uh, uh, acting or whatever the careers in in New York, and like he he's like good. Um, and then the other one was uh, Tyler Broadway, and he's just a good friend. And I've seen him on like a, a lot of the film festival uh, films, and I I just know that he's a good actor, and like I know like yeah. he, but he's not in any talent agency so like mm. it's just one of those like you need to know him so you can like you know so a lot of times what it, if you if you go to hire an actor and you're in our position let's just say let's take a baseline we're we're trying to hire an actor to be in a commercial we're going to go to an uh, a uh, talent agency right we've got a couple of them around here i'm not going to name them but we've got three or four around here that we can go to right mm-hmm. If you're going to go outside of that or go and find somebody who's not necessarily registered with a, with a talent agency, what are you looking for when you go to hire talent outside of the right look? And that means, you know, and, and I, I, I hate to say it, but that's like the color of their skin, how tall they are, if they're male or female. Like that's it makes me feel so awful that that's the kinds of things that we're looking for. But like outside of that. What are you looking for in an actor? Well, one that is easy to work with, you know, that is not an asshole. Because if that person is, I mean, with any crew member or, you know, anyone, if, if they're an yeah. asshole. Then the same with a gaffer or a, anything. Yeah, yeah a know. DP, a director, yeah. anybody. Yeah, That's why I don't want to work with Darfi anymore. Because, I mean, I'm <laughs> kidding, Darfi, I love you. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, you can't work with Chris Durfee, man. He's such an <laughs> asshole. No. Also the best dude ever. Yes. I'm kidding. He's like the nicest guy. Yes. Yeah, nice one. Uh, but, you know, uh, first of all, that, you know, there is not an asshole. And then, two, like, it really depends on what the commercial is. Like, if I, if it's a, but to be honest, most of the time, we don't even get a saying on, like, talent a lot of it's just like really even directing you don't really get to a lot of times like i already got these people the producer tells you who your talent is yeah dude that is kind of a bummer and i'll be honest because i've been in that situation too and i i honestly i feel like that sucks the life out of what i was there to do and that is to create emotion and bring something out of somebody if i don't get to pick who that person is then I feel like like it's because kind of taking part of my job. We're away. driven by. We need to have this, uh, and like you know, it might sound wrong, but we need this ethnicity to be you know presented in this commercial. So it's like exactly they don't really like give you options. Like they oh, don't care I, if they can act. No, as long as their skin's the right yeah. color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know sucks, and like. <laughs> and we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. We don't have a lot of Hispanic actors that no. are super fucking awesome. We don't have a lot of a, a lot of white actors that are super awesome. Like it, the the right look might not necessarily equal the right performance. Yeah, and and that that is kind of a little bit of a bummer about being in the market that we're in because we have all the other stuff. We have amazing. Yeah. Chris Durfees. We have the amazing gaffers out there. We have amazing DPs like Adam Chapman. We have uh, all the other crew members. Patty. Uh, Patty we Daggy. Yeah, we yeah. have everyone. We have all the crew members. It seems like actors are the things that we're 
at, at a bit of a deficit for. And I, I get it. I understand why. Because the work's not there. Yeah. You know, we're not, somebody can't be a full-time actor in Knoxville, Tennessee right now. Yeah. I hate to say it. Sorry if I'm breaking, busting your dreams right now. But like, if if you're a, if you're a middle-aged white male in Knoxville, Tennessee, you're going to get a few jobs a year. You're not, it, no, and, go and, to, go to LA for sure and, and, you and know, get some work. And, 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 and also I feel like we're not pushing them enough. Uh, I, I, I feel like we, we tell them, Hey, smile and say this line. Like, True. you know, we're not like pushing them because. So they, maybe it is a, a, it, maybe it is a, sorry to interrupt you, but maybe it is a, a little bit of, uh, uh, a system of the kind of work that we do, which is not narrative. Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah. a lot of narrative no, work here. We We're not asking people to dig into a character and lose thirty pounds and be this character for for uh, for two months. Yeah. You know, we're we're saying smile and you know bite and smile, bite this burger this and look pretty family. while you do it. Yeah, right. So so there's not necessarily even the marketplace for somebody to have uh, a career or to you know, b- become this, uh, th- you know, this amazing actor because we're not always going to need that. And in the long run, it hurts everyone because we're creating the same kind of comer- same type of commercials because that's what they know us for. And then that's, you know, that's, we, we get talent that only does this sort of stuff. And we get known for making commercials that of, of telling on and doing this sort of stuff. Sure. So we never get to like, you know, the, the big stuff or like, you know, the, the three minute Audi narrative commercial or mm. anything like that because we're stuck in the like, oh, look over there and point at, you know, whatever. Yeah. Point at that computer screen. Yeah, exactly. How many, how many of those shoots have oh, you been on? <laughs> you know, and I, I that's one of my rules is like, do not do the pointing. But at some point yeah. it's like, you have to do it because there's <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, I... So, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've tried of like, how can we get Knoxville to the next level? How can we get Knoxville to the Atlanta? How do you do Nashville? that? Yeah. It's like, how do you, like, how do we get to that level? That- I'll tell you. I think I know. Okay. Tax incentives. Narrative work. I think if the state of Tennessee gets on Georgia's level as far as having, uh, as far as giving back to production companies and productions for com- for bringing their for setting up their tent in Tennessee and and creating the stuff here, I don't think we're gonna I don't think we're ever gonna get to that level if we don't have the support from the the state government ultimately yeah. to entice people to create big things here. Because the things we create, I mean, Eddie, you and I have worked on stuff that costs hundreds of thousands of, if not millions of dollars to create, but it's not a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a $30 million movie that came to Tennessee and worked. And if, and if that happens, which if it does, we are set up to do it. We can totally do it. We have everybody that you need to do it. All the actors that I just mentioned earlier, the Mike Stanley's, the Ashley Shelton's, the Lynn's Edwards that you need to, to do that. We've got that. Mm-hmm. The, the, all the crew, the gaffers, the electricians, the camera assistants, we've got it. We need a volume of work of narrative work to come here to our state and set up shop and do a lot of it yeah. over time. And like, 
not just any type of work, but work that pushes us to be to be better, to get better. Because mm. you know there is a lot of stuff going on, like you know HTV and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's not. You know, it's not something that is gonna push the talent to get better at what they do. And I, I'm not talking about just actors, but like anyone, you everybody. Know? Yeah. And and I'll I'll agree with you because like a, a lot of the crew members that I work with, the uh, you know, the the gaffers, the camera assistants, they go and they work in Atlanta, they go and work in Nashville, and they work on movies, they go and work on TV shows. And you know what they do? They bring back some fucking skills that are yeah. awesome that elevate our work to the next level and make the commercial work that, that we're doing here. Awesome. Yeah. But it's a bummer that they have to go out of town and work and make their living and all that and get those skills and bring them back here where I would, I would rather the people that have those skills, the people that live in LA, the people that live in Nashville, Atlanta, I would rather them come here and make that movie. And spread the skills that way. Mm -hmm. And I think we're not that far from it. And I think all it takes is tax incentives. I really do. I think it's where North Carolina is, where Louisiana has had huge bumps over the last, I'm talking 20 years, but Louisiana, North Carolina, and then over the last 10 or 15 years, Atlanta, blown up, blown up. Atlanta is LA Junior oh, yeah. because of the movies and television shows that they make there, and they make them there because of the money that the government gives the production company back for shooting there. If you spend a million dollars in Atlanta filming a television show, the Georgia government gives you three hundred thousand dollars in credit to do it. And if we, and I know that's a crazy. Like it's a bigger conversation of how do you want your government money to be spent? But what it ultimately does is it brings the thing there and it ripples out beyond that. Like while the government might, it might cost the government $300,000 of tax revenue to do that. It's still supporting people that live there. And it's a huge ripple effect that happens across everywhere. And there, and we are just as set up to do that. And, as ripe of an area to do that as anywhere else is. And I may eat my words in 10 years when this place is overrun with people and I'm <laughs> and the smoky mountains are, are just packed full of people from LA who are, <laughs> who worked this week oh, and, yeah. and, and are just hanging out in the smokies. But I would certainly be happy to see uh, an influx of, of narrative television yeah. and film work being done here because we can handle it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent, and we need it. You know, it's like we need that narrative to keep us going and get better. And like, because one of my goals, I I thought about you know, should I move to Atlanta? Should I move to Nashville? Should I move to LA? Like, is, am I making the right decision by staying in Oxford? And mm. like, is that going to affect my career? But one of my goals was like, can we get Knoxville to that level at some point? You know, can we get Knoxville to get those big commercials? Like, you know, we probably might not, you know, shoot everything here or anything like that. But can we get the people, the creatives from here to be working on those big productions? Mm. Can we get like, you know, the feature films here? Can we yeah. get the music videos here? Like, how can we get all the tools and, and you know, get everything and... 
I, I think it's by the quality of work that we we can get out of here. And, and I I think we're we're pretty close as far as the quality is concerned. And and part of that I think comes from the fact that people that work here are not necessarily um, they're not necessarily uh, strictly working here. They're also working in other markets. And I think that the fact that they bring other stuff back and help make us better, I think that bolsters our argument for having that stuff come here. And I don't think it's too big for us. Yeah. And I think it can, I think it can totally happen. And I think, you know, Kurt Willis, Yeah, he's, fighting the fight man that dude is out there fighting the fight to help get that stuff here and he's done a really good job over the last few years of getting stuff here and it's paid off i mean the burt reynolds movie that was here there are a couple others you know they've yeah. had you know four to six features here over the last couple of years and it has gone it's gone great, yeah. but it is baby steps for us. We need that kind of stuff to kind of help us wade into it. We don't want to become this influx of just everybody from Atlanta no. who can't work moves here all of a sudden and starts working on movies. We need we we need the work to happen, but I think we we're we're kind of we're waiting we're waiting into that, and I think we're very well positioned for sure. Yeah, I to think take it on slowly, but we're getting there, and that's uh. That's what's good, and you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Like, and, and like, uh, I think that's where like passion projects uh, really help. Uh, you know, just like level. Like, you know, you do bunch stuff like commercials, and then you also do your passion narrative films, and, yeah. and then you know, it's it's a balance, and it's a matter of like, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna enjoy what we have, and I'm not gonna be like sure. you know. But I think that what you've been doing with thinking outside the box, the Unreal Engine stuff, to where you're building these worlds that otherwise you'd have to go to the middle of the desert and build an entire town, and you know, for a Western spaghetti Western, you know, <laughs> go to Italy, build a build a set like. The fact that you are doing that here is a fucking asset to what we have going on. And I think the fact that that we have people like you who are punching at that level, it matters, dude. I know that you probably feel like you're just doing your art and you're just making your thing, but I, I really do feel like it's a big deal to show that, that we can. Yeah, appreciate it. I mean, yeah, but that's that's what we need you know it's like how can we keep pushing to the envelope to like you know to bring to get people interested in knoxville like oh in knoxville they are doing that that virtual production thing as well and i is you know it's not just la it's not just nashville it's not just atlanta like knoxville is also doing it too it's do you think it's YouTube that helped uh, helped all this stuff happen? Hundred oh, percent. You yeah. think? Yeah, I mean it's it's a hype. You, is that how you figured that stuff out? Like how how I mean because twenty years ago you had to have a mentor and you had to learn this way of doing things and I mean that's kind of how I came up. Like I, I learned from a guy who knew how to do the thing and now I can do the thing that he taught me how to do. 
but like but now it's it's a completely different world of of you have the entire uh the entire world of people who are doing this stuff telling you how they did it yeah and, and like you know it's a pretty new thing so like there are not that many tutorials but i think you learn the most when you just go out there and like try to figure out your like by yourself i mean you know you watch a couple of tutorials and figure out the basics but a lot of the times when it's something new like that there is like not that much information it's gonna click on things until something works i mean honestly like when i was doing like this short film it's how unreal like i could not i I literally spent two weeks trying to figure out how to export a clip with my actor in it i mean like a fake actor like a, a, a 3d character in it because when i would keep export it was only the background that would come up and like it took me forever i was i was about to give i was like there is no fucking way i'm I'm, this is it and like i think that's when you learn the most it's like when you just do it like and and just click on things and like do it this way it does not working do this other way it's not working and not giving up and like isn't it crazy though that without the that with without i mean you yes you tried and you worked your butt off to do that and get that to happen. But 20 years ago, you would have been on an island, you know, with nobody to help you, nobody you could ask for, ask for help, you know? No, yeah, YouTube is, it's, it's a lifesaver. I mean, that's how I learn anything I know. I mean, you know, back when I was like, 16 17 watching tutorials all day because i had nothing else to do and that's that's how i started honestly and you know i I then later went to college but by the time i went to college like most of the things that they were teaching me i already like it it, you know i already learned them from a youtube video that i learned you know that i saw (laughs) so it's it would definitely live in in a time where like the information is there like yeah all everything is there for you to figure out anything out well what's amazing to me eddie is how far you have how far you have come in even the two years since you've been here i mean the last time you were on the podcast it was i mean you were living with your parents and yeah. and had a studio inside your you know the basement at your house or whatever you just drove a tesla up here and you're <laughs> married like dude but I mean, it. look at you i mean like last time we, i was here the, it, this space did not look like this uh, it was a little more messy i mean you know but i've come a long way man i got you, insulation in here now you yeah. fancy microphones you, you know you got sam like you know you guys have done big things but dude well. i'm i'm i you know, and and people can listen to your first episode if they want to hear your backstory because it's amazing. Like where you came from, dude. Your your story about your uh, like ESL classes at uh, at West High School and like <laughs> spoke no English when you came to America, and now, dude, you're one of the you're one of the most <clears throat> you're one of the most talented directors and like visionaries in in the film and television space that I've ever met and I'm so uh I I am just giddy to to see your work man because it's pushing the envelope it's pushing uh it's it's pushing stuff that it's pushing things that I didn't know were even possible 
Like if, if I want to know, I'm kind of like, I'm a little bit old school as far as like my filmmaking techniques are concerned. Like I'm a little bit of like narrative, shoot a wide, shoot an, over the shoulder, or, you know, and, and like storytelling that way, visual storytelling uh, via some very old school uh, filmmaking ideals and techniques. But to see you and the way that you're using the way that you're using cameras and the way you're using technology to tell stories is so fucking inspiring, dude. It's amazing to see it. And it is, it it makes me feel like it's all possible, Eddie. And I'm, I'm so thrilled with, with where it's all going because it's not boring anymore because of people like you. It's, it's, it's bleeding edge. It's moving, it's moving forward and it's new things that people were scared of before. And you're figuring them out because you're not scared and because you don't know to be scared. You don't know any better than to say, I can't do that. You're too generous. Dude, it's amazing. Are you going to do any led wall stuff? Do you hopefully, want to do hopefully. yes, yes. That that was that's the goal. Um, so LED walls, like I said earlier, Mandalorian style, like mm-hmm. they shot these live actors in front of these walls that are ultimately video walls, right? Mm-hmm. And that becomes a job. I think I talked to Shane Hunter about that. About how uh about how the background now is is a computer programmer mm-hmm. that's building something behind it. And you're kind of you're kind of working into that world now. You're building them beforehand in a in Unreal Engine and all that. But are the are the LED walls? Is that kind of a, a next step that you're thinking of? Yep, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm already thinking about my next project and how can I use an LED wall for it. Where do you get them? So. I, th- I guess the closest place will be Nashville. Uh, Nashville has been getting a lot of different uh, uh, companies with LED walls. I mean, you have um, Year Seven, uh, which they they're they're like this production company in Nashville that I'm actually signed with as a director. But um, they rep you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but they Year have, Year Seven. Uh huh. Year Seven and. Uh, they have like a sister company that uh, it's called Arc Studios, and they're they have an LED wall and like they have like a, one of those robots that like you know the like the like bolt. the Maya yeah, or the, bolt. They, they have it like I think it's a Maya. The one they have, I can't remember, but uh, a crazy robot arm yes. that holds a camera yes. and does motion control work. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they have like an LED wall, and then there is a new place called. Boo, like Bu, okay. Um, Boo Network, and they they just opened like last week, and their LED was like insane. It's like like a whole warehouse like around like because uh, the other places, I mean, the LED walls are big, like an entire room, but this studio that I saw, it's like a wrap around, like like Mandalorian style wrap around. So so studios now are not necessarily a white psych wall anymore. No. They're a video wall. They're a video wall. Instead. Yeah. And then so does somebody come in and already has what they want to program into that wall? 
That's is that what, is that how it works? That's what I'm not sure. I was talking to another person yesterday that they were like, "Hey, I saw your thing, and like, um, we're thinking about getting in an LED wall um, as well." And like, I don't, we don't really have people that like know how to work Unreal. Um, like, you know, is that we, what all the work is done on? Is Unreal Engine all basically the, all yeah. the LED wall stuff is done on Unreal? I mean, you can you can use plates for you know if you're just driving doing like a driving scene, like you can mm. just get footage of driving. But once you move the camera and you don't get that like parallax, you know, move like where like oh, dude, we got to kind of explain parallax yes. to people. So if the camera is sitting in front of a uh, in front of an LED wall. And it, let's say it pans to the right. The background also has to react yes. to that, right? So it has to know what the camera is doing. So the LED background wall, which is which is ultimately the background of the scene, has to react the same way the camera is reacting. Yeah. So that is the world we're in now, boys and girls. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not shooting Eddie Resendez right here and panning right and seeing the refrigerator over there. No. It's now an LED wall that is reacting in real time to what the camera. Yeah, because is doing. I mean, to be honest, LED walls is just a form of real projection. It has been, you know, it's been done over the years. Sure, you know, yeah. But it's the 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 like when you move the camera, the background change. Like you know, it yeah. moves with you, and that's yeah. the new thing. That's that's what it's cool about this. That that, that is the that's the gag. That's the gag. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but it's still like it's not going to solve all your problems. You still need a production design team to build like you know the foreground for you. To, like if you mm. if you're if you're you know if you're shooting like the new Batman movie. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's one scene. It's in the trailer, but they're in like the top of this building, and it's like a like a still in construction building, and you know it's like sunset or sunrise or something. But they build this whole like you know top of a construction building, and then the whole city is uh, it's it's just unreal. It's like a it's the wall, you know. But everything else it's is real. So they're they're interacting in a real environment. Mm. It's just the background, like in the far far away, yeah. that it that is fake. Right. So you know you're not gonna shoot everything on LED wall and make it like amazing. You still need. To build the set. To build the, the set. Yeah, everything then, behind yeah, it. The LED was a complement mm, of everything else. Like, right. You know, uh, it's just a tool and use it smart. You know, not everything. That's what I'm, that's my whole thing with it is like, use it smart and not just like think that that's going to solve all your problems. Right. You can't just shoot somebody standing in front of a green screen and or, or in front of an LED wall and it's done. Yeah. Like you still have to, you still have to augment it with real world uh with real real world attributes or real world th world things that make it, uh, I mean that sell it. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. the more you like, it, it, the more you um, hide the fact that you're using a D wall, yeah. the better. Yeah. You know, like that's how like you know the Mandalorian. If you see the behind the scenes, like they have a whole like foreground element of it. Like they have sets. And then they have the LD wall around it. And yeah. that's why, like, you know, you don't focus. To, because if you actually, like, look at it, the footage, a lot of times you can tell that it's yeah. an LED Yeah, wall. like, there's not three moons no, back there. No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the more you, like, don't think about that, is the more of, like, you think about the story and, like, you think about the characters mm. and you don't really pay attention to the background, uh, 
that's when it works. But see, that's your job too, right? Yes. Your job is to get people to focus on the on what's happening three it, inches it, it, from yeah. the camera, not three miles from the camera, yeah. right? But that's that's what like I think my advantage is like I know what the my limitations are with like you know the wall like a green screen on real is like you're not gonna show an actor this way because if you do it then that gives it away uh you're not gonna put your actor in this position because if you do it that's gonna give it away so uh, it gives me limitations and like the more limitations i have the more creative i can be Mm. you know like dude i i talk to people about this all the time about how a uh when you're writing something a blinking cursor is the worst thing in the world like i need some lanes yeah <laughs> to to drive in right like i i need some constraints yeah. right so if you if you have some if you have some some kind of walls to bump against some some constraints to to work against that's when you can really start to create yeah. create stuff that is next level so i feel like if you have everything you have everything so like there's no um you don't you don't get creative on fixing problems like when you have a scene and oh we it has to be raining but we don't it's not raining or you know it's like how can we figure out this problem and like make it work with this budget and you know it's like that's when you really like get exactly. creative and you really like how can that's we... where your paycheck comes from yes is is solving problems exactly within constraints i think right? directing is all like taste and know how to solve problems that's that's directing and not show it's like taste how... and how to solve problems yeah. do you just blew my mind eddie <laughs> Because that's exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly right. It's like literally at the end of the day, it's like, do I like this? Yes. Do I like this? No. If you don't like this, then how can we change it? How can we solve this to make it look good? Does that look good? Yes. Okay. I like that. Let's move on. And, you know, that's 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 directing to me in a nutshell, basically. <laughs> What's crazy to me, Eddie, is that I met you as a DP who is operating a camera and shooting stuff. And when you were here two years ago, that was the first time I'd really heard that you were getting into the directing world and, and working with talent and trying to pull emotion and performance out of people and all that. And did you have skyrocketed in such an amazing way? Yes, dude. It's, it's so inspiring to hear. It makes me want to be better because I, because I hear how you, approach it i mean dude where taste meets problem solving when somebody asks me what a director does now that's what i'm going to tell them i'm going to tell them it's the intersection of taste and problem solving because that's exactly what it is and it's it it's and and being evocative you know mm-hmm. evoking emotion i think is the is the third is the third part of that and the work that i'm seeing you do is like it's integrating all of those things so well and the fact that you're not scared to utilize everything that's at your fingertips and you know from from tech to other things um the fact that you're pushing those boundaries makes me think that you're definitely going to win an oscar before this is all said and done Do you want to do narrative work? Do you want to do movies? Yes. And like, you know, for the longest time. Do you want to do tequila? (laughs) No. You good? Good. (laughs) Um, 
for the longest time, I, 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 my goal was to win an Oscar. Like that was my dream. You know, it was like, yeah, I have to win an Oscar. But you know, the more I've, I've the older I get, the less I give myself not unrealistic expectations like as in like you know i i could very well you know I, i'm not saying i couldn't you know i i, I know you I could. could you know but i'm not gonna tell myself like if i don't win an oscar i'm not successful i, I think mm. that's where i like you found other other metrics of success yes you know you have to have a sufficient and like be happy with you know it's more about like the process of making something that makes me happy and not the result, you know, it's not the awards. God, Eddie, you're saying all the right things, man. <laughs> you're like, you're saying all the things that make people successful. Every, every time you hear people talking about stuff, they're like, I don't really like the end product. I just like the process. And like, like that's you. And like, I've heard it before. And to me, it was like, Oh yeah, that's, I mean, it's great, but you know, I still want to win the awards, but like, I, I, I haven't worn that many awards, but like I've done the film festivals and I won, I've, I won awards there. And then now they're like, they're like hidden in a shelf, like just, you know, collecting Dude, dust. I know so many people with Emmys and Grammys, Sam, who are, you know, I mean, you know, Sam has his on display a little bit, but like, I know so many people with Emmys who just like, oh yeah, that's in a box in like my attic. Yeah, and it's and like, it, it really doesn't, ultimately it's not what gives people purpose or whatever it's the like, recognition is not what gives people purpose. i honestly think it, it makes people more depressed because they have been working towards this thing their entire life and then they get it and now what like <laughs> what do you do now you know it's like then you i feel like you're gonna feel like a empty like i don't know it's like you, you made it now what so like the more you focus on like just being happy with making that and not mm. the awards i think that's what keeps it fresh and keeps it like and it's nice to win awards. i'm not saying I, I don't like to win awards i mean i love to win awards you yeah. know I love you love the recognition it's, yeah, good to, love... it's gonna be noticed that you did something cool oh, artists, we, you know we have our ego and we love the recognition <laughs> that you're not gonna you know it's it's important and it's nice to get recognized but it shouldn't be the ultimate goal sure. and that was my thing with like the oscar it's like if i don't ever win an oscar i try you know yeah. I, I mean like it's not that i'm you know trying like i i've still was happy with just making the stuff that I want to be making and like if I don't win Oscar like whatever you know it's like it's not the ultimate goal it's like the ultimate goal is to be making what I want to be making what's amazing to me is that you are seemingly not driven by anything other than what you just mentioned which is it doesn't seem like you're you're driven by the recognition. It doesn't seem like you're driven by the highest paycheck that a project is going to bring you, but rather by the process of making something that you want to make and something that you want to do. And to me, that is the perfect kind of, I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect as far as a director is concerned, but it's also a 
perfect as far as a person is concerned. You know, the guy I want working on my car is not the guy who's who doesn't want to do it. It's not the guy who's doing it for the paycheck. It's the guy who really wants to make my car awesome. Yeah. You know, and that's that's uh, dude for me like I don't know. I I wish I could I, I I wish I wish I could get where you're at because that is so perfect. Like yeah. that is a that is a, a just a perfect place to be as far as a creator is concerned. Like I you know, I've got kids, I've got a family, I've got I've got other you know things out there that 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 drive me to create Mm -hmm. you know and and those those are i'm not i'm not necessarily thinking about my my family and my kids when i direct an actor and tell them what i want to create like i'm definitely thinking about the the thing that i want to create but but for you to be able to be so driven by the process and be so enthralled with the things that you can do that nobody else has done that is, dude, it's perfect, man. It's perfect. You're a dream come true as far as a creator is concerned. And I'm not talking just about film people. I'm talking about everybody. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so uh, inspired by seeing your stuff, yeah. by seeing how you do it. Not even seeing your stuff. I'm inspired by how you, how you pull the process together. It's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh, so in two years, are you going to come back here? You, you let me. I, I love like you know second and third parts of a podcast because I feel like <laughs> on the ep- first episode you get you know the backstory and you 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 have to like you know get to know this person and then on the second and third part you just like dude talk in, about stuff. In, and- anybody who is still listening to this podcast has got to listen to your first one that you did here because <laughs> it's amazing your story from from growing up in Mexico and coming here and your and what your parents did to 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 make it happen for you and the opportunity that your parents have to be so fucking proud dude because you have absolutely killed it and it's because of their hard work too right yeah i mean it's you know a lot of people in my life that have uh i i i would say you know uh, we your talk aunt. about privilege a lot and I think I'm one of the most privileged people. Really? Because I was given everything, but I wasn't given everything at the same time. I seem like I was given, you know, everything that I needed to be hungry and like to want something and to, you know, want to keep going and and you know but i i wasn't given ever you know it's i don't know how to explain it but you know i was given all the the right tools and then i was surrounded by the right people you know my parents always like give me gave me like everything they could but that was enough to like keep like to me to be free to create you know and like now you know my wife is you know the most amazing person and she just lets me do things and like and she always very supportive and like uh, that's when I feel like I'm very privileged to where like I wasn't given everything to like lose um uh what is the word like you know I I I was still hungry to because I wanted to be to where other people were 
but I was still given everything and all the right tools and I had everything and access that I, I had access to everything that I needed to get to a place where I wanted to be. That's what's very interesting is that so many people in, um, I mean, not just in your position, but in anybody's position could very easily play the victim card and say, I don't have what it takes to do it, but you have taken advantage of everything on every level, seemingly, uh, to, to really do what you want to do and create what you want to create. Um, but you could have made a lot of excuses in the, in the past. And I'm not, I mean, you know, there are people that probably wouldn't have what I have and, you know, it will be harder for them. And like, I'm not saying like, yo, I, I, I hate the, the like, oh, you can always do everything. Like, you know, if you had, if you set your mind to it, you can do everything. Like some people just don't have the means. Like, you know, it's like some people can't. And, and I, that's where I'm, like I was really privileged by my parents still being together. Like that's, that's a sure big thing right off the bat. And it really like, is. They always, you know, paid for my education and like gave me everything. And yeah, that I, I do feel pretty, I feel a lot more privileged that people that other people say are privileged. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it also, I mean, yes, Eddie, privilege is has been there for you for sure but there are a lot of people out there who have squandered a lot more than you have taken advantage of and i think it's um you know to say it again in, inspiring to see um what you've done to come to this country as uh somebody who didn't speak english and then to ultimately um almost shape our culture with the stuff that you're making. I mean, I know that that seems like it may be a stretch, but it's really not like you're like, you are imposing your taste on the populace. You're you, what you said about taste as a director, like you're ultimately making stuff that is impacting us as a people. And it's also dovetailing into what, uh, what we want to take in as a population too, um, with, you know, with your commercial work and all that, with the, you know, you're making stuff that relates to people and you, you, um, spoke only Spanish when you came here, you know, I think that is pretty amazing. Not just that you, uh, won the, uh, won the uh, English award at, at West High School too. When you're in high school, I, I think still, that's pretty know, amazing too. That that was that's my biggest, <laughs> pr- like that's the biggest proud moment of my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, your Oscar is going to be the next thing that is going to be the <laughs> might not even beat it. I don't know. I don't. Think. <laughs> it might. It might not, dude. I am. Uh, I'm so happy that we got to catch up yeah. again. Do you want to do it again sometime? Oh, love. I'd love to. Dude, this has been yeah. so fun. I'm yeah. so glad to see you and hang out with you. Thank you. Thanks for being here on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. We'll see you soon. All right. Love you, man. Love you. Yep, 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 yep. It's good stuff, my man. Great stuff. Eddie, thanks for being here. Thank you guys for being here. All right. If you listen to the show and I hadn't heard from you before, you haven't reached out. This is me asking you personally reach out on instagram send us an email southofscruffy at gmail.com say hey 
I'm always amazed at the new people I hear from uh, that listen to and love the podcast. And uh, I would love to, to hear from you. So hit me up. Let's chat. Let's talk. Y'all be good. Go forth. Do great things. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. All right. Matt Honkinen. Pitchwire. Play me out.